There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Maybe a gasket. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was, of course, from this week's episode of The Real Houses in New Jersey. We're going to be talking about that on the show today. Also, this week's episode of The Real Houses at Dallas. And I have some very exciting guests. So last episode of the podcast, I'd been talking about how my boyfriend and I were watching the very first season of The Real World on MTV. They are rebooting it for Paramount+, Plus, which was previously CBS All Access. And you guys, I have... The entire cast of that very first season of The Real World. They are pioneers, legends. Of course, you know Heather B. I believe she's a queen and icon and a legend. I love her so much. But the entire cast, they're trailblazers. And I got them all on the show. So that will be at the end of this episode. I'll put the timestamp in the episode description if you want to skip ahead. But we have so much we got to talk about, you guys. And I do want to briefly take a Jessica Simpson detour. Just uh, briefly, we have to talk about this because... On my Instagram account, I often do these things called Jessica Thursdays, where I post a clip of Jessica from Newlyweds or Jessica Simpson from one of her music videos or just a moment in pop culture. Now, months ago, I had posted a Jessica Thursday post about her shawl from the Newlyweds TV show. She had this yellow shawl. She wore multiple episodes. She also wore it on tour, a different colored one. But it was truly iconic. And this was months ago. And just a couple weeks back, I got an Instagram DM from the original designer of the shawl. Her name was Cecilia D. Bucourt. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Anyway, she reached out to me and she asked if she could send me a version of the shawl. Obviously, they're all handmade, so everyone's going to be a little bit different. But she asked if she could send it to me, and she also sent me the nicest, sweetest message. And I asked her if I could play it here. So I just want to play a little portion of the message she sent me on Instagram about that iconic yellow shawl. So let's listen. Danny, okay, so I decided to send you a message uh, to thank you. Uh, that shawl has really opened so many opportunities for me and my friends in Argentina. I live now in New York, but this shawl was created in Argentina, where I'm from, and it has really given work to so many people for 15 years or so. Still now, still now, it's been successful. Um, of course, you know, a little less because time has passed, but still is such an iconic piece. And I don't know, it gives me chills and it makes me so happy that um, this is still considered something stylish and people remember it. So thank you so much. I mean, first of all, is that not just the sweetest message ever? I love her. And she still sells the shawl on her website, Cecilia D. Bucourt. I hope I'm saying that right. But you can Google Jessica Simpson shawl and she comes up immediately. Anyway, she sends me that message, and she asks if she could send me one. So I gave her the address to my new P.O. box. And I, a week goes by. I get an email from the P.O. box saying, you got some packages, some mail. 
The one morning I decide to go pick it up. I go into the post office box. The guy hands me this package as well as some other mail. I open it up immediately because I see that it's from her and it's the Jessica Simpson shawl from Newlyweds. I'm so excited. So I head over to my car and I'm on cloud nine. And where I parked behind the P.O. box, it was on this quiet street. And then sort of like across the street is this donut place I really like that has the best blueberry donuts. Oh, you guys, they're to die for. A little crispy on the outside. They're warm. Every time I get them, they're warm. It doesn't matter what time of day. So I decide I'm going to go treat myself to a half a dozen donuts, as one does. I mean, they weren't all for me, but I was going to get a half a dozen, bring some home. I usually would eat five of them and give one to my boyfriend. That's not the point. The point is, I go to my car. I set my mail in the passenger seat with the Jessica Simpson shawl on top. And then I'm weird about germs and stuff. And I had been touching my phone as I touched the handle of the P.O. box thing. So I put my phone in the passenger. I didn't want to hold on to it anymore. And then I uh, sanitized my hands and I went off to the donut shop. So put it all in the passenger seat. Go to get my six dozen, six, not six dozen, my half a dozen donuts. And I'm walking back to my car, and I see a man. It was a shorter gentleman who looked like, the best I can describe him, is like a sexy Santa. Like, he had all white hair, a white beard. He was shorter, but very muscly. Like, he definitely is sort of my type, if you will. Anyway, he's at the passenger side of my car with, like, some type of metal, like a crowbar or something going in on the passenger side, clearly trying to break into my car. Now, you guys know I'm a lover, not a fighter. So ordinarily, I would run from something that's intimidating or something that could lead to some sort of violence on my end. And there was this this man, albeit very hot man, trying to break into my car. You guys, I saw red and I just started running towards him and I'm shouting, hey, my newlywed shawl is in there. (laughs) As if this man was in there to steal my newlywed shawl. Like, that's all that was going through my head. I saw Red or whatever run towards my car, and I'm just shouting, get out of there, my Jessica shawl! Like, you know, really upset that this man might might thief my shawl. So finally, as I'm running towards him, I'm still, like, pretty far away from him, but he hears me running towards him and sees me yelling about some fucking newlywed shawl, and he looks up, and he's got a scared look on his face, and then he just bolts the other way. Well, as I'm running, they give you those donuts in one of those flimsy boxes, you know, so the donuts, I left a trail, my donuts all flew out of the broken box. That flimsy fucking cardboard, they put a dozen donuts in. Can we get something a little sturdier for the donuts, please? I mean, a bag or they could at least put it in like a plastic bag after they put it in the box. But those fucking donut boxes, I swear to God, they put uh, batteries. You can't even open a battery when you go to the store to buy it. But a donut, which is honestly pretty fragile... The donut they just put in a flimsy fucking box, like construction paper. It looks like a preschooler put together a box of construction paper with a stapler gun. And they expect you to hold six donuts in that. I mean, I was livid, but so I, all my donuts, uh, I made a trail on the way to my car of these six donuts. I, every single one, and for a moment I did think maybe I should pick them up the five second rule. But then I remembered one time outside of my P.O. box, I did see a used condom on the ground. So I thought that's not a good idea, especially in the state we're in with this pandemic. You know, if I were to pick up one of those donuts, I'd, uh, get gangrene or hepatitis or something. So I wasn't interested in that. I had to leave the donuts. And I was so shook that somebody was trying to break into my car, steal my Jessica Simpson shawl. Then I go home and I tell my boyfriend, I say, Matt, you'll never believe this. Somebody was trying to steal my shawl uh, from Jessica Simpson in the front seat of my car. And he 
is like just shaking his head. He's like, um, I don't think somebody was breaking into your car to steal the shawl. I was like, you don't understand, Matt. It's like a one of a kind. <laughs> you obviously don't get it. I was like, you just obviously don't get it. And he was asking me questions. He's like, well, was there other mail in the front seat? And I was like, yeah, there was mail I put in there. And then I threw my phone in there. He's like, oh, so the, he probably saw that your iPhone was in the front seat of the car. He was probably either trying to steal your car, totally, or the iPhone, or the mail. Maybe he thought there was some mail he could steal uh, your identity or something. He's like, I don't think he was going after the shawl. And I was like, Matt, we're in West Hollywood. I believe that Santa, a hot Santa-like man, was trying to steal my newlyweds shawl. That's what I'm believing, okay? And quite honestly, I bet you if that man would have made it into the car, I would have seen him over at Mickey's when this pandemic's over with that uh, Jessica Simpson shawl around his shoulders, his broad shoulders. Man, he was a good-looking man. You know how I feel about a Santa, too. I love a sexy Santa. Love it. You guys, I know it's inappropriate, uh, but I can't help myself. I love a sexy Santa. And if I would have seen that man with my shawl uh, at the Abbey here in West Hollywood, which is a gay bar, you know, I wouldn't have, uh, honestly, I wouldn't have been able to go up to him uh, to ask for it back, because I would have just been so turned on by this man. Uh, but luckily, he did not get the shawl, which, by the way, is available at Cecilia's website, Cecilia D. Bucourt. Um, so if you want it, you go buy it. They're expensive, though, but they're one of a kind. So I'll post a picture of my shawl. Thank God that man didn't get it. Uh, thank God he didn't get it. Okay, you guys, we got to talk about Jersey. Um, sorry about that long detour. we got to talk about Jersey. You guys, they're still on the vacation and we finally get the taglines, which we've been waiting for. For some reason, the first two episodes, they didn't play the taglines. But uh, let's read through them really quick. Did we talk about them on the show? I don't know. Jennifer's is, uh, whoever says money can't buy happiness clearly doesn't have my credit limit. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. Margaret's is my favorite, which is, I renovate, I elevate, and sometimes I instigate. And she is definitely my favorite. My least favorite, actually, you know, I'd say it's one of my favorites because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's Teresa's. It's, they say it's never too late to start over. I say uh, it never tasted so good. Like, it really doesn't make any sense, you guys. And we're all just led to believe that it does. And that's honestly usually pretty fun in a tagline when it doesn't make any sense like that. I like when a housewife... I like to think of the mechanics of like who came up with that. Did the producers realize that it made no fucking sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Like she had to record, I'm sure, a few of them. And then producers were like, oh yeah, let's go with that one that makes no actual sense and give her that. And, um, you know, and then Teresa obviously is not going to complain. She's just going to take it. She probably thinks it makes sense. And with the show on New Jersey, now more than ever, the women are just openly admitting that they think Teresa is not very intelligent. I mean, we've seen them in confessionals. Margaret said something about, like, you know, I gave up trying to explain things to Teresa. Like, they just aren't even trying anymore. And they're even with the analogy with the Jackie thing, we spend the whole episode, they're trying to explain, like, you went after Jackie first. And they even are all in their confessionals talking about how this same thing happened to Teresa with Kim D., at the posh uh, piece of shit cocor, uh, what's that? What did Teresa say? Posh stood for piece of shit cocor every day. Uh, at that fashion show, Kim D was spreading rumors about Teresa's ex, who actually was cheating, and Teresa was so pissed that the rumors were out. She's like, they showed the flashback of her yelling at Kim D, and now the same thing is happening, and they're all in their confessionals, being like, "Well, Teresa went through the same problem." And was very upset when she was on the other side of it. But we can't even explain that, Teresa, because they know that Teresa is just not going to get it. 
And so I like that we're just opening, openly admitting it at this point. You know, we're just openly admitting it. Uh, we open this episode with everyone at the lake waking up. They're doing a lot of tie-dye work, which early in the episode I was very confused. I was thinking, why is all this tie-dye? Like, am I in a, watching a camp show? Am I watching Bug Juice or something? Because everyone was wearing fucking tie-dye. I swear, what was going on there? And then I realized, like, Margaret gave them tie-dye. But I also think they had some alternative tie-dyes as well, because Melissa had the sh- the sweatshirt from Margaret later in the episode, but I swear she was wearing, like, a different tie-dye early on. So maybe, t- is tie-dye back in? I'm not here, I'm not hip to fashions. Obviously, I'm still talking about a shawl from 2004 on uh, Jessica Simpson's Newlyweds, so I'm not exactly up to date. But maybe tie-dye's back in, I guess. And Lexi was wearing Lexi's Margaret's like assistant, who's on the trip. And it's weird to me that they keep marking her as Margaret's assistant. Shouldn't they just say she's like Margaret's friend or something? Because obviously they're trying to make her sort of like a cast member. And there's someone else too named Michelle, who I feel like they're trying to make a cast member. It's like the one who's selling Teresa's house. I don't know. Um, anyway, Margaret's on the phone with Joe at the beginning of the episode, and she's like, back at the house, construction started. And I'm just thinking in my head that construction just now started in, in the year of 2020. I feel like every single episode since we've met Margaret, she's saying the construction just started. Like, what? <laughs> why is it taking so long, you guys? I don't mean to judge, but why is that construction taking so long? I swear, ever since she joined this show... She's been dealing with the construction, and Joe is a construction worker, so what's the tea? What's the tea? Um, let's see. Uh, open uh, at the house, Teresa says she's not apologizing to Jackie. She says, because I already did. And then uh, they show the editors, always trolling Teresa. They flash back to her saying, I'm sorry to Jackie, but she said it in the way of like, I'm sorry, whatever. <laughs> It wasn't an actual apology. It was just like, in the midst of her yelling at Jackie and Jackie yelling at her, they were just uh, apologizing. So it wasn't really good. They're all on this trip very horny. There was one point Teresa did this like kiss with Dolores and the strawberry. And Margaret very casually just said, we're going to have a group sex tonight, maybe. Who knows? We might have some group sex. And, you know, I would love it. I love when, I love this episode because they all got a little tipsy. They were all having fun. I was having fun, too. I was having fun, too. Although I will say, you guys, I'm very upset about this Melissa Joe bamboozlement. Very upset about it. Shall we talk about it? Let's just dive right in. So on the trailer for the season, they led us to believe, those producers bamboozled us and led us to believe that there's going to be trouble in the Melissa Joe Gorga marriage. And now we come to find out that footage that they showed us in the trailer was all a lie. It was all a big fucking prank. They pretended they were on a boat, and they called Joe up and pretended that Melissa was texting someone from a restaurant. And then they said, ha, just kidding, you've been punked. You know, Teresa, you've been punked. And I was so pissed. And then Joe Gorga turned around. He was with the guys later in the episode. He said uh, he tried to punk them then. Ah, you guys, I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. We've dealt with a lot of seasons of Melissa making up storylines. Remember, I think last season she was making up that she might have another kid. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff where it's like clearly made up for the season. And then never uh, talked about again. Remember, Melissa was looking for the dad. She maybe had like another sibling or something. And then never heard from it again. What happened to that? Huh? Where's that sibling she was looking for? Obviously, she didn't find him. But that lasted the whole fucking season a couple years back. Huh? 
What happened to her and Joe having another kid? Hmm? Haven't heard about that again. That lasted a whole fucking season. And so this season, I went into it thinking, Melissa's finally going to have a realistic storyline. She's going to open up in a way that we haven't seen her before. And I was excited because Melissa's so beautiful. And I I love Joe, her husband on the show. But Melissa, you know, go girl, give us nothing. She doesn't really give us a whole lot other than being stunningly beautiful on the TV screen and uh, and these other fake storylines. And so I actually thought this season she might give us something good. And now I'm realizing that it's nothing. She was just pranking us. Unless something else happens, maybe we'll we'll turn later. But that whole thing was upsetting to me. That whole thing was upsetting. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, we see the women. The whole thing that led to that Joe Gorga prank was they were women were sitting around for lunch and talking about their virginity because uh, Antonia's got a boyfriend now. She's 15. And they start talking about when they lost their virginity. And Teresa, Dolores, and Jackie will not, or I'm sorry, Teresa, Dolores, and Jennifer will not talk about it. Um, they will not talk. They will not give numbers. But Margaret said, she's like, I was 15 or something when she lost her virginity. Uh, I think Melissa said she was 18. You know, I I don't know. I like how uh, Dolores and Teresa, they're always hiding behind that. We're old school Italian things. You know, we're old school Italian. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Even when I interviewed Dolores, I loved when she was on the show and she's like, listen, I've known Teresa forever and we're old school Italians. You know, she's always saying it. And a couple people have pointed out to me that I'm always saying it on this show. I'm always saying, I'm Italian, I'm Italian. Uh, to guests when I'm interviewing them. But every single episode, she's uh, Dolores is explaining what Teresa means, and she says, we're old-school Italian. Um, but we know that Joe Gorg is not going to be happy if Antonia sleeps with her boyfriend. They're 15 years old. And I think we did see in the preview for the uh, the trailer that we do see Joe Gorga sitting down with Antonia and uh, and maybe the boyfriend, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, meanwhile, let's see. They go on this boat, this boozy boat with a guy named Captain Greg, who was th- making me think of Captain Ron. I would not be interested in this boat. It would make me seasick. I don't like a whole boat. I'm not interested in a boat. I don't need a boat. I don't like the boats. Not doing it. I don't want a cruise. Been on a cruise once. I'm not interested. Don't put me on a boat. I don't want to go out to sea. And nowadays, you know, you always hear the horror story. Remember that poop cruise? Sorry to get gross, but remember that time everyone was stuck on the boat and like there was some sort of virus that went around and they were all shitting everywhere? Excuse my language. Excuse my language. But that would scare me if I'm stuck on a boat. Or remember that movie where there's everyone on the boat was a ghost? What was that? It was like a scary movie about a, a, I think Laura Flynn Boyle was in it or something, but everyone on it was a ghost. Fergie was in it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe I'm making that up. I I swear there was like a boat horror movie. So anyway, I'm not interested in getting on a boat, big or small. It doesn't matter the size. I don't care if it's a fucking canoe, fucking rowboat, or a cruise line. I'm not not doing it. The only thing I'd maybe do is, remember when Kathy Lee Gifford did the carnival cruises? I think she ultimately was like stealing money from people or something unclear. But that would be the only time I would maybe do a carnival cruise with Kathy Lee Gifford. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. Not getting on a boat with someone named Captain Greg. Uh-uh. Um, and they all, especially a boozy boat, too. I would be puking off that boat, you guys. I would not be able to handle it. So they all get back to the house. They continue to do the drinking. That's when Melissa pulls down Margaret's boobies. She wants to see the boobies. And Margaret's like, look, Melissa's got a thing for my boobies. She loves asses and tits, so I just go with that. And then uh, they all put on their tie-dye. Oh, we cut to the scene with Jennifer and Dolores. They sit down, and Jennifer reveals that she heard some gossip. 
Meanwhile, the whole first couple episodes was about how they shouldn't spread gossip. And then Jennifer sits down with Dolores and she's like, I heard some gossip. And she decides to tell Dolores that uh, Joe Gorga like didn't pay someone for an inspirational speaking gig, which is weird to me that he's doing inspirational speaking gigs, but that's a tell for another time. Um, and also uh, this whole scene, I was just so focused because Dolores put on a cozy. She was wearing like maybe a barefoot dream sweater, which, uh, you guys, I love a barefoot dream sweater. Love it. Nothing cozier. And I don't know that that was for sure barefoot dreams. I also love a cozy earth. I don't know if you guys know them. Love a cozy earth, love a barefoot dreams. But Dolores definitely had on a very luxurious cozy sweater. And I was so hyper focused on it. I mean, it was like, it, it was white and gray. It had like kind of squares, squares on it. Beautiful. We need to find out from Dolores what that was from. I think it was Barefoot Dreams. If you, if you don't know Barefoot Dreams, go look them up. Very expensive, but totally worth it. I believe my Barefoot Dreams. I've had them for years. I wear them around the house, especially now. Um, so anyway, Jennifer says to Dolores that, uh, Joe did a motivational speaking thing with some guy, and they showed a flashback clip from it. And I was trying to think if it was from last season or just something they didn't show, or did we actually see it? And I just don't remember. Unclear. Meanwhile, the men are all getting drunk together, and I got something to tell you guys. I heard from a Bravo insider. You know, we've been led to believe, I've heard people say, you know, and I've spread this gossip on my show that the men on Jersey get paid. Well, I have heard from an insider that I do trust that the men actually don't get paid. I think they might get paid for like the confessional stuff. Uh, but I believe it to be uh, a rumor that the men get paid when they're doing those other scenes. That's what I heard. I don't know. Do with that what you will. Who knows what the truth, the truth that lies somewhere in the middle. We don't know. Sorry, I don't know why I played that. I had to. Um, so we know it lies somewhere in the middle, but I did hear that. And the men always have fun together. I like when they're drinking. They didn't have Evan there, though. You know, Evan's the hottest one, and he wasn't there. I was upset. Um, let's see. Then uh, Melissa and Margaret, they do call Jackie. Jackie says, look, I need her to call me, Teresa, and apologize. And then uh, they tell Teresa that. Teresa blows up. She runs away. They all chase her upstairs. And uh, eventually they calm her down and decide to make some s'mores. And I could have watched them making that fire forever. It was so funny. And then uh, also I love a s'more too. And it was funny to just see these women sitting around the fire being like, I need a fucking s'more. Give me a fucking s'more. Margaret kept saying it. They heard a noise at one point, like a bear was in the woods or something. Like they thought someone's going to go kill him. And as if uh, they were all scared, but Margaret was still like, I'm having another s'more. I need a fucking s'more. Like, meanwhile, somebody like Jason or something, you know, a killer. By Jason, I mean, of course, the guy in the hockey mask, not Bethany's ex-husband. Either one is scary. Let's be honest. <laughs> Either Jason is frightening. <laughs> to be quite honest, I'd rather be face-to-face with Jason, the killer in the hockey mask, than Jason, the guy from Bethany Ever After that Bethany married. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, they heard someone in the woods, and then uh, Margaret just was making a s'more. God bless. Um, and that's the episode. They all run inside. They leave the fire going uh, for production to clean all that up. Melissa threw her wine glass, and I actually felt bad for production. They were probably so pissed that they had to clean up that fucking broken glass uh, because Melissa was just deciding to throw the wine glass to be fun. Not into it. Anyway, next week on the show, we get into more of the Jennifer Joe stuff, which I'm very excited about, and more Jackie. I missed her this week. Uh, that is New Jersey, you guys. We also got to talk about Dallas. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. I just hold back, and I think all of them know that I'm holding back. Well, I don't want you to hold back. I, I know, like it when you're it like has nothing to do with you. So, yes, maybe if I'm a little paranoid that, oh, my gosh, she's judging me, because I do. I just feel like Girl, you're judging no, me. I'm not judging you. Okay, The Real House is Dallas. Here's my official review. <sighs> That's my official review. Now let's get into the details. Let's start off talking about the Tiffany and Brandy of it all. You guys, this was so upsetting. I'm feeling so bad for Tiffany every week, okay? They're picking on her, I believe. Last week, they were upset about the rules at her party. She told them all she had to, they had to leave the house at 1030 because she had to wake up and work in the pandemic as a doctor. And they were all giving her a hard time about it, which to me, the audacity of that, she just said you have to leave at 1030. And I didn't see anything wrong with that. Not a lick wrong with that. Okay. And I know some of you will disagree with me. This is my opinion. I thought it was right of her because sometimes people will stay at your house uh, until all through the night. All through the night, they'll stay till 1.30 a.m., 2.30 a.m. We saw on the episode Carrie and Brandy getting drunk by the lake, staying up till 4.30, 5.30 a.m. So you mean to tell me that it was wrong of Tiffany to say you got to leave at 10.30? Otherwise, those women would have been making pizzas into the middle of the night. We see that they can do that. So the fact that Tiffany said you got to leave at 10.30 because I have to get to my job, which is a doctor in a pandemic – you guys, I thought was just so weird, such a weird stance to take for all of the women. The only one that seems to be standing up for Tiffany is DeAndra. And I've been saying it all season. I'm loving DeAndra this season, finally. It took however many years it took, but we're here. And thank God for her, because I'm finding the other women unsufferable. And then Cameron gets mad at Tiffany for correcting her language. Cameron, who I swear I've seen correct other people's language before, uh, and she was upset. I don't even remember what the word was, but she was upset that she got corrected by it. And it just feels like all this is happening. Stephanie got pissed that Tiffany was bragging about a toilet, about a shitter. I don't think Tiffany was bragging about a toilet. I feel in my bones that if Tiffany wanted to brag about her wealth, she would choose any other item in her house besides the pooper. I really believe that deep down in my soul. I don't think she was bragging and Tiffany said this episode, she said, I just got uncomfortable because Brandy got sick because of the crickets on the pizza, which was all bullshit, too. I mean, Brandy, we've seen her. She's always doing the poop humor and stuff like that. And then she made such a huge deal that there was uh, food on her pizza, and ran to the bathroom and puked it up. Ugh, come on. And they were all, uh, Tiffany said that she just got uncomfortable. And so she tried to change the subject. So she started talking about her toilets. I don't consider that bragging. She would pick anything. We saw all those 
purses she's got in the closet. Don't you think Tiffany would brag about the purse? I mean, Stephanie was so mad that she mentioned the toilets. The toilets. If you're talking about a toilet, I'm sorry that's not bragging. I don't care how many you got in the house. You could have 30 fucking toilets in that house. I don't believe it to be bragging because that's where you poop in. That's not a bragging thing. Excuse my language, you guys. I just am upset about it. So they're all coming after her with different stuff. And then they're on a boat, which I just talked about on the Jersey recap, how do I feel about the boats? I'm not into the boats. Uh, but they're on a boat, and Tiffany and the girls need some anti-nausea medication. Brandy had it on the bus ride there. And so she gave them the anti-nausea medication on the boat, and apparently it was like different anti-nausea medication than they gave her on the bus. And so Tiffany, the doctor, just kindly pointed out, oh, this is a different one. This isn't the one that dissolves under your tongue. It's one that you have to swallow with water. And Brittany, or what's her name, Brandy? Why did I call her Brittany? <laughs> Brittany Brandy, whatever the fuck her name is. She got so upset, and she she started getting teary-eyed, and she's just so upset about she said, now you're accusing me of doing drugs. And Tiffany's like, what the fuck? I didn't say anything about drugs. I wanted Tiffany to be like, what the fuck? And they're all making Tiffany, the new girl on the show, feel so uncomfortable with all of these little things that are adding up. And I'm saying, I'm watching the show as a viewer, and I'm like, so fucking uncomfortable for Tiffany. The whole time, I'm thinking, God, she has to sit around all these women who every single one's coming after her, which is a bold choice for the other women. I don't like when they come after the new girl in this way. It's just weird to me. It just makes me uncomfortable. Um, and so Brandy gets so uncomfortable with that anti-nausea medicine. Then uh, later in the episode, Brandy says, you know, I just don't feel right around you, Tiffany, as if it's like Tiffany's job to make Brandy feel comfortable around her. Like Brandy, who's the one who came out with the, uh, the video that she's so embarrassed by and that she had to go to some rehab facility for. Didn't anyone at that rehab facility, was it rehab facility? Excuse me, I don't know exactly the name of the place that Brandy went. But she has told us that she went to some place to learn and grow, which I appreciate. That's beautiful that she's doing that. Good for her. Bravo. But didn't anyone teach her there that maybe they shouldn't, uh, after that video situation, she put it, shouldn't put the emphasis on Tiffany to make Brandy comfortable? Do you see what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, somebody should have taught her that at that place she went. And Tiffany's just standing there like, what the fuck? Like, I can't do anything right? I'm just feeling so bad for her the whole time. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I, justice for Tiffany. At this point, let's get Tiffany and Andra on another cast. And by the way, normally you know I love my cam. You know I love her. I find that she's like a quintessential housewife, right? Like, she's quirky. She's in her own little world. She's rich. Like, she's got all the qualities that I like in a housewife. But I'm just not liking this. She's always, like, sort of on the wrong side of history, I think. You know, in, in these arguments on the show. She's always sort of on the wrong side. And we're all on the wrong side sometimes. Maybe we'll look back on this season and feel differently. But right now, I feel like Cam is not on the right side. And then to just see her getting so mad at Tiffany about the correction correction of the grammar, I don't know. So this episode just frustrated me. It's supposed to be escapist entertainment. I'm not having much escapist fun. I'm just like, get me out of here. I'm not enjoying it this week. I'm sorry, I'm not. I have been enjoying every other week, so maybe it's just an off week for me. Maybe I was in a mood. You know, sometimes we get in a mood, we're not going to watch it, or we're not in the mood to watch it, and then we do, and we just complain, so here I am complaining. You know, and I've gotten a lot of messages from people. People get mad. They say I'm too hard on Brandy. 
They say that to me in the DMs. And I, to that I say, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. I actually think she's the worst. And she has announced that she's leaving the show. And excuse me, forgive me. For all the Brandy fans out there, I do apologize that this is my opinion. I'm here to take the mic and give my opinion. And last season, I think, on the show, last season, season before, I was really warming up to her. If you recall, go back and listen to those episodes. So I've changed and evolved, and I felt differently about DeAndra last season. So I'm not trying to be really hard on one person. If I just think someone's the worst, though, I can't help it. That's my opinion. So she's leaving the program. Uh, she is finishing out the season, though. That's kind of weird to me that they made the announcement like mid-season that she's leaving. And I wonder if it's because she doesn't want to go to the reunion, maybe? Or maybe she knew how the rest of the season was going to play out. I'm not sure. She did not come across well this episode, though. Not. I mean, she was coming across as the victim in the situation with Tiffany, and Tiffany hasn't done a fucking thing. So, look, that's the episode of Dallas. I know it was a short Dallas recap. I was supposed to have a Dallas Housewife on the show, and unfortunately, there was a cancellation issue, um, and so they were not on. Um, and I don't think they're going to be coming on. Uh, but I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of Everything Iconic. I'm going to leave you with my chat with the cast of The Real World New York, Season 1. Uh, again, the new season is on the Paramount Plus app. Uh, you could do a free trial, too. Just do a free trial and watch the season. I'm excited. I haven't seen the new reboot yet. So I haven't seen any of it yet, but I'm very excited. And if you want to rewatch season one, you guys, it's iconic TV and watching it through the lens of now is very fascinating because you see, first of all, how far reality TV has come. You see what dynamic personalities these people are. And it's a different kind of show. Like it's interesting to watch those early episodes because they're just talking about things like race and sexuality. And unfortunately, there's still conversations that we're having today. And there are such refreshing conversations to see on TV, and it is such a huge deal that they were having these convos in 1992. And of course, I think a lot of people know about season three of The Real World, which is San Francisco, with Pedro, and there were a lot of conversations about AIDS, which hadn't happened on television in the way that they did in that season. The Real World was such a pioneer in this whole landscape of reality TV. And honestly, if that season didn't have such a dynamic cast, I don't know that uh, what reality TV would be today. It was so influential. And I hope that when the real world reboots uh, with, you know, doing new casts, I hope they go back to that formula of just casting dynamic people. And Summer House is sort of doing it a little bit similarly right now where they're all in the house and they're just filming them all the time. And there was a conversation that happened on Summer House this past week with Danielle and Sierra, where they were talking about their hair. Danielle was talking about being a woman in the world of tech. And those were conversations as I was watching, thinking these are things that would have been talked about on the original real world back in the day, because they're very compelling conversations. And uh, i that's what I was most attracted to this past week when I was watching Summer House. And I think it was because I was simultaneously watching that first season of The Real World. And so I hope that we get a mix of some of these overproduced shows like uh, The Housewives and things like that where these people are forced into situations. But I would love it if Bravo explored that other side of just having a variety of different people. I think the thing that is most important for those types of shows like The Original Real World is to have a very diverse group. And what Bravo... I hope they do in the future is have a show like that with a very diverse cast. Cause right now the casting on Bravo is kind of a mess. You know, we have uh, up until this past year. Or so we've had these seasons where it's like 
uh, one city's an all-black cast and one city's all-white. And now they're finally starting to have some diversity within the cast. But I'd love to see a show that was set up sort of like how Summer House is set up, but having a very diverse group. Because those conversations like the Danielle Sierra one, so fascinating. And I think they're still important to have on television to this day. So with all of that said, you guys, I want to play my uh, chat with the entire cast of The Real World. First up is Norman, Heatherby, Eric, and uh, Becky. So I interviewed the four of them. And then right after that, you'll hear the interview with uh, Kevin, Andre, and Julie. Uh, We had to split them up because there were so many people doing a Zoom like that. So they're split up. Uh, But I'm so excited. Also, Eric, who was so gorgeous and one of my first gay crushes. I remember watching him on The Grind. I didn't see that first season of The Real World when it aired, but I remember Eric uh, from The Grind, and he always had his blouse off. So gorgeous. And he revealed something about a Batman movie, you guys, that was shocking to me. So anyway, I'll play these uh, interviews. I will try to put them up on the YouTube channel as soon as I can, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, The interviews for the videos are probably going to go up a few days later uh, going forward, maybe a week later after they air on the podcast feed. Um, but I'll try to get the real world one up right away. Anyway, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want the merch, go to everythingiconic.store. With all that said, please enjoy my chat with these seven strangers from the real world, New York. This is the true story. True story. Seven strangers <laughs> picked to live in a loft and have their lives taped to find out what happens <laughs> what? when people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world. What's Hello. up, Danny? Hello, everyone. Uh, hey. Heather, Hi, Danny. Norman, and Eric. Hello. I'm so Hi. excited to talk to all of you. I'm Thank you. thrilled about the reboot. And Heather, I got to say, I was re-watching with my boyfriend the first few episodes last night and we were cracking up at the dog when you when you're chasing after the dog in the pilot danny you gotta stop playing bringing that up on the first conversation <laughs> we have that's right like now. the funniest moment on the whole show <laughs> it is I, that that dog so dragged my ass right down the street <laughs> <laughs> literal tears that, that is so it's so funny I know. <laughs> Uh, uh, Becky, uh, starting with you, how was it reuniting with all of these people? What was that like? Well, I was so excited to see everybody. I mean, I'd stay in, in touch with um, more with some more than others, you know, and uh, but I'd see everyone kind of over the years here and there. And um, and I was well, I was very nervous, actually, to go because so much life has passed, you know, 30 years. And even though we all have this bond, you know, that's kind of what drew us back and, and, and many other things. But when we got there, I, it was a it was a very interesting feeling to be back in the loft with these people. It was almost like time travel. And yet we were here, we were a little older and wiser. And then as sort of things progress, you realize, wow, you know, I've really individuated as an adult and I relate differently to people now. And I relate to them now differently than when I was 22, 23, which is healthy. It's how it should be. We are, we grow into, you know, adults and different people. So it becomes, you know, a different dynamic, but I think who we are essentially, you know, is who we essentially are is really the same. Norman, did you feel like you guys sort of fell into the same chemistry you had before? Exactly. It was like like going on like Fantasy Island because like the smell of the room and the sound <laughs> of the floor and the sound of everybody's voices. I'd catch myself 
upstairs coming out of the bathroom and I would hear like the voices. And I, I wasn't sure if I was in 1992 or if I was, you know, in today. And it was, I don't know. I can't explain anything that's real. Like I, I can't believe it. Like, I don't know if anyone would ever get the chance to have something reconstructed in their life and then to go back into that. I mean, it cost probably a pretty penny to put everything together to make oh, that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Surreal. like a time machine. It was like going into a time machine. machine. Yeah. And I just lived it up every moment we had in the loft and we just exploded. It was so great. And everyone's personalities are so magnetic that you just go like, I can see why all these people are like, you know, on television and they're, you know, they're just, they just radiate. It's so funny. We're very ensemble. The seven of us. Uh, Heather, I want to ask you, how, do, how did life change for you after that season? Uh, back in the nineties, like how did it change for you? Wow. Life literally. Oh, so as you know, Danny, we were all involved in the arts in some way, shape, form or fashion, but I think being able to walk down the street and have that instant name and face recognition is not something anybody could prepare you for. Like I'll be a hundred with you. Like I was one of those kids that practiced my autograph signing, you know, as a kid. Cause I was like, I'm going to be famous one day. So let me practice my <laughs> autograph. I used to be in the mirror with the microphone, but to actually have this thing manifest for you and have that, and then have this connection to Becky and Norman's point with six people that you get to know for the rest rest of your life is kind of crazy. Like you just can't imagine whatever you think fame is once it actually happens for you, it's beyond anything that you can really imagine. And it's better in some ways. And in a lot of ways, it's not something that you ever prepared for. Right. You know, speaking of fame, Eric, you went on after the real world. Do I, I remember you from the grind and uh, you know, you went on and did so much. And I was actually on your website last night as I was uh, preparing for this. And I was reading, uh, you have a lot about your life on there. And you had mentioned uh, at one point, possibly being involved with Batman Forever with Joel Schumacher as Robin. Was <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that? Did How oh, close was new. that? I want to hear too. <laughs> how close to fruition was that? Yeah, well, I was, um, huh, that's funny that you uh, you asked that question. So the way that that happened was I moved, I moved to L.A. and I was getting into acting and I was taking acting classes. I had an agent and I got a time in New York City and I he would see me on the street and he invited me to come into his office and wanted to know how serious I was about acting. And I said, well, I'm taking acting classes and I'm, I am interested. He said, well, I have a role uh, for you that I would like uh, to potentially cast you for. And I said, okay. And I was like, well, what is it? And they said, it's Robin in the Batman movie. And so me and my brother got a camera, little VHS and went into a park in the middle of San Francisco and acted out a scene <laughs> together. And then, um, and I went back to his office. I had two meetings with him and we developed a friendship and he actually said to me, you know, I really want to cast you as Robin, but I can't. And this is a true story. We can't, I can't um, cast you as him because Val Kilmer has already signed on as Batman. And we went to Val Kilmer's people to let them know that he wanted to cast you for Robin 
and they said no. They wow. were afraid that I was going to upstage Val Kilmer. You better uh, upstage, so, baby. That's right. <laughs> Shine that light. I thought yeah. you didn't. Have, I, I, thought, I thought it's because you couldn't fit the suit. I was going to say, y'all know how it is being a thick girl. You know, I thought they wasn't going to let you fit in them leotards, baby. <laughs> yeah, Eric, they wouldn't have made those rubber abs for Eric. Eric, you would have looked great in a leotard. Yes. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a gay man. I mean, I grew up, Eric, you were like everything to us, you know, like my generation. <laughs> <laughs> My generation of, of closeted gay man, Eric, you were just like the hottest. Um, well, uh, I have some amazing stories <laughs> to talk about with um, the amazing gay community because they really everybody embraced me and all of my mm-hmm. friends in New York. And I mean, it's just been such an incredible ride. So much fun dancing in the clubs in the city. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just been a magical roller coaster ride and so beautiful on so many levels. Uh, I want to ask you all, they're doing this OG challenge reboot. And I wonder, I know some of you have done the challenges before, but is there any chance you will either be on that OG challenge or you'd go back to a challenge uh, at some point? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I was actually invited to do that OG challenge, and it didn't. It didn't work out the timing. So uh, because of because of what we were doing here. So, but yes, I would definitely go back. And I love the challenges. I love competition. I love anything athletic. It's it's so much fun for me to do those things. So yeah, the answer is yes. Danny, when you print this question, just make sure you write Heather sips wine. That's okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> but Heather, That's I want to see I want to see you most on the challenge. I personally <laughs> love when I, I want all of the OGs for all of these casts. Like I want to see you guys on TV forever. So like I'm not ready Thank to you. let you guys go after this reboot. <laughs> I want to see uh you know, we got to get you back in that house after this season. Like can we get more we're not going anywhere. We are in your life forever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you figured that out yet? <laughs> your eyes are going to pop out of your head when you see this series. For real. Yeah. You ain't ready, wait. Danny. You ain't ready. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. You I, ain't. Nope. <laughs> I have to wrap this up, but I just want to say thank you. You're all reality you. TV pioneers, and uh, it's you. such a delight. And I'm so thrilled that MTV is doing this. I hope we get this That's done too. with all of the original series, but we're starting with the best. So thank you all. Uh, so thank much. you, Danny. Thank That's you. so nice to say. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, guys. All right. <laughs> I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, uh, Andre, Kevin, Julie, I'm so happy to be speaking with you guys. Uh, Thank congrats you. on the reboot. What's Thank it you. like, Kevin, getting back together with this whole group? This has been surreal, incredible. Uh, we didn't believe it when we first got the call and then we consulted with each other. And, you know, keep in mind, we've been connected for the last couple of years on a text thread. And a lot of folks didn't know about it. It was just for us because it's, you know, this is a family, you know, and we have an experience that no one else can say. We were in the very first season of the very first reality TV show, which makes us uh, pioneers, we now realize, in this whole genre of TV. Yeah. And Andre, I'm sort of curious, going back in time a little bit, what was it like after that first season aired? How how was your world different after that season? Well, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a crazy experience. And, uh, you know, I was always trying to angle it to further my musical career. And uh, it gave us, you know, massive exposure. Um, and we got to you know, tour the country extensively and release records. And, um, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was great. It was a, a wonderful, um, a wonderful, uh, a way to get, you know, to, to get out there and, and, uh, uh, you know, show, show the world, you know, my music and, and all of that. It was so fascinating to me. My boyfriend and I were rewatching the first few episodes last night, uh, mm. to prepare for this. And, and there were a lot of laughs and a lot of interesting conversations about things like race that I feel like we're all still having now and yeah. and seeing that play out on reality TV. Julie, I'm curious, uh, how do you think things were were different this time around? How are things different? Yeah, how are they different and I how are they the same? You know, you know how things are different is that we now have this history together and we have so much to kind of... Um, reflect back on and um, experiences I think that we still all want to have together. And so also, you know, you took away all of the getting to know one another and we go, sometimes I think it's disappointing to people because we go back to same page, same very quickly, you know, we hit the ground running when we're together. And I think um, the other thing that was amazing about this opportunity, there was usually when we do something like this, it's really fast and it'll be a quick interview and we get to see each other really quickly. And so we have to kind of milk it for as much as we can. And this, we got to enjoy, we could, you know, I could go to sleep and know I was going to wake up and see them, you know, and and every conversation didn't have to just be milked to death because we could revisit it the next day. And having that kind of freedom made it so much more enjoyable for me. 
So I'm curious, how long were you guys back in the house for? Seven days? A week, okay, yeah. Seven? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kevin, were you uh, hesitant at all to do this again? Or were you someone who was like, I'm going to sign on right away? <laughs> I had a lot of emotions, you know, but I don't have any regrets doing it the first time nor the second time because it's one of those unique experiences. And we've had this great platform. And, you know, you asked a question a moment ago about these these deep topics. Yep. Race, racism. Yep. I mean, the fact that you just casually mentioned your boyfriend, the fact that Norman, you know, first openly gay character on American TV, other than, you know, Lance from American Family, but Lance came out afterwards, Norman came into it. And so in a lot of ways, we pioneered conversations, even, I believe, you know, that wouldn't have existed without that first season of The Real World, which I think makes it very important. And then I was just shocked that we were in the same place again. We got the same loft, which was a miracle. And I was, because the first time we uh, did it, I remember feeling like I had won a prize on The Price is Right or something like that. This is incredible to live in something like this. Like, who gets this as a 20-something? Yeah. You know, the real world in general has pioneered so much. And and as a gay man, it was the first place I ever remember seeing representation on television. And, That's and right. you mentioned uh, American life, but uh, the real world for me and for, for my generation, it was was everything. And and I, I always I often wonder, like, do the cast are the cast members able to grasp how important that is? Yeah. Andre, do you feel I like- think I think that, you know, um, uh, we're 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 given the chance to reflect on it now. And that uh, certainly having having the opportunity to see this through other people's eyes and and uh, uh, it, it does it does reinforce the fact that, you know, it is really important to a lot of people. It's also easy from our perspective to think about it like, well, this was just. 13 weeks um, when we were in our early 20s or late teens in in Julie's case. Think about if if you can just put that into your own life. What were you doing, um, you know, when you were 20 years old for a random 13 weeks out of your life? And then, you know, talk about that for the next 30 years. Um, It's a it's a it's it's just a crazy uh, it's it's really a, a bizarre experience to to, you know, have that sort of hyper focus on such a short time of your life. But for it to mean so much to so many people. It's actually wonderful. And uh, I, I feel really, you know, lucky and, and blessed to be a part of that. So, Julie, what do we have to look forward to in this season? What what can we what can, what are we going to see? You are going to have so much fun. You're, I guess you're going to laugh and cry and do all the things, but you know, I'm sure I'm not allowed, not allowed to tell you a lot. There are some surprises. I mean, I I mean, it's a lot. We, um, we clocked in, we went to work. (laughs) I mean, we got down to business. (laughs) Kevin's like, we did. Oh my God. So uh, Kevin, uh, can we see, will we get to see more of you beyond this? Like, is there a world where we can do this? next year five years down the road like is you know it's funny if you get a good location (laughs) (laughs) fiji islands fiji islands i'd watch you guys go on vacation let's watch you go on each other so i think that's never like the problem you know what's great about that question, Danny? Because you know it came up during our our reunion episodes. As you will see, it's like you know, imagine if we would have done multiple seasons of our season of our cast. 
how incredible that could have been. You know, but back then there wasn't even a thought. It was like, you know, years later you would see, you know, Paris Hilton with multiple seasons, the Kardashians, et cetera. Um, um, what are you going to see us as adults and the evolution of all of us, you know, and, and you're going to see, you know, different layers of conversations and, and, and people sharing some of the things they've been through since 1992, which is really powerful, you know, and I, I don't want to give it away, as Julie said, but I think that people are going to be in for some really, really laugh. There's a lot of laughter and some tears and definitely a lot of emotions, a lot of beautiful emotions. Well, I was that is the thing that we, I guess, that is unique to us um, because we do have this close relationship and there's not a lot of um, having to renew our friendship or get to know each other again. We really, I guess maybe that's why we can get down to the nitty gritty quickly. Yeah. Uh, were there ever any romances after the season between you guys? I mean, the seven of us, it, the seven of you guys after you left the house. No Not romance. It was just friends. Yeah, but we probably should have said yes just to. <laughs> <laughs> we, I love that little dog. You, hey, that hey, little dog. Have, <laughs> Danny, you have um, Eric and Heather after us. I just, well, I just did them. I just, oh, you just did I them. just oh. did them. And let me tell you something. Eric has had a journey. I was like on his website last night and there, he was telling me he was almost cast in Batman as Robin. And there's been a, a lot of stuff, but I yeah. remember I, rewatching those early episodes, Julie, I remember really wanting you and Eric to be a thing. Everybody did. Or people thought you two were, they thought it. We're like, yeah, that's we not it. what happened. Magic of <laughs> editing. Right? <laughs> and we were very fond of each other and still are you know we still right. have a really strong fondness for one another and i think he and i will always really care for one another and um and i will say i think we both felt that pressure kind of going in and and knew that that probably wouldn't be a thing but we did both enjoy um we knew if we got close to one another and just kind of started talking quietly that the cameras would zoom in and we could make everyone really, you know, rush around. And that. we did enjoy doing that together. Nowadays on reality TV, they do way more than that for, oh, yeah. you know, now I've it's heard, a different, so I've heard. different ball game. We're um, like, we were like, we, when I saw other reality TV shows, I was like, Oh wow. That's how they, how they get down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have to wrap this up, but quickly, I know they're doing the OG, uh, challenge and i'm curious if anyone uh, any three of you would go back to the challenge in any capacity because i love seeing when the ogs go back to the challenge i am only, not big on the challenge situation only if it was my only if it was all seven of us that you know i i, I there's an idea would do a uh you know like the battle of the network stars kind of thing you know <laughs> yes uh, yes uh, seven of us uh you know against the uh seven season three or something i don't know but uh, but uh you know I, I i wouldn't really want to be part of a of a you know mixture of other uh casts we're together like this is like we we respect all the other seasons but we realize that this is a very unique thing that we have and so yeah yeah well i really hope i have to wrap this up that i can see you guys again in some capacity i mean i haven't even seen this series and i'm already like okay we what's the next thing we're doing with these guys because i i think it's great to grow with you and and again i want to thank you all for just being such pioneers in reality tv and really opening um, up so many eyes, so many ears. And, and I, I really, not to sound cheesy, I think uh, what you guys offered the world at that time is, is more important than 
maybe anyone can realize, if that makes sense. Danny, thank you for what you said about Norman, because that means a lot, because, you know, we didn't know, but to see that someone like you and some, so many of you have said the impact that one of us had. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, all of you guys. Thank you so much. And, and congrats on the series. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you. You too. What a delight. Thank you guys.